You're listening to the Food Talk Show. Hello there, my name is AJ Sharp, and for the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking all things food and drink. You all know me by now. I've been co hosting the Food Talk Show for over a year now. I joined as a taste expert, food judge, and comms specialist quite a while ago. But today is a really exciting day because <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I'm really delighted to welcome Susie Warren Smith back into the studio. We all know Susie is the show's original host and founder, and she's back for the next four weeks. Welcome back. Thank you. What have you been up to? I've been traveling. You've been on a beach, haven't you? I've retired and. The winter's so horrible, we just went off travelling. Oh, wow. So I've been all, all right for the, some. Yeah, all around <laughs> Southeast Asia, which was amazing. The food was just fantastic. So um, started off in uh, Singapore. Don't go there, anybody. Really? Why oh, is that? It's the most expensive city in the world. Honestly, it's just <laughs> outrageous. Really? Yeah, 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 really. So, yeah, we went for a, a sort of a good curry in Raffles. Oh, well, hello. I know, I know. But, got to be done. And it was nice. Had loads better in London, actually. And we just had, I think we shared a starter. Then we had like just a, like a curry with some rice and naan bread. We didn't even have any wine. Uh, we had some a couple of beers. It was £350. Oh! <laughs> I Wowzers. I know, we didn't even like push the boat out. I was like, oh, well. Yeah, so when he stayed there one night and got out of there for... <laughs> Fast as we possibly could. Checked into but, a hostel. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then we went to Malaysia and then started at uh, where I really wanted to go. Started at the top of Vietnam and worked our way all the way down Vietnam. And the food and the people are just absolutely marvellous. Chaotic, but it was the food is just fabulous. Oh, wow. Mm, really, really good. Really fresh and beautiful, beautiful people. But we, we, we first stopped at uh, Hanoi, which if anybody's been, it's just insane. So there's motorbikes and you know, scooters everywhere. Because mm. uh, I don't think people can afford cars much. So yeah, it was just, there's hundreds of them. And you get somebody carrying a chicken and a... You get the whole family, the don't back. you? Yeah, the dog in the front. And then somebody carrying a big mirror at the back. And they're, they're mad. I love that. Yeah. I remember that right. when I was traveling around Italy. Yeah. There are four people on that oh, no, scooter. It's brilliant. And then there's like this woman driving a scooter and she's got a baby, like strapped to her chest sort of thing. And it's Amazing. like, what happens if a crash? Perhaps we're too health and safety. Don't here, have right? a crash. I think that's the yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they do like preparing food in the street, which is a bit of a shock mm. sometimes. It's fresh, though, I suppose. Mm. But, you know, when somebody's cutting heads off chickens and, like, you know, skinning something and it's they're in front of the mobile repair shop, mobile phone repair shop, it's a bit of a cold You started shock. that with, you know when that <laughs> happened. No, I don't, really. <laughs> yeah. I so don't yes, know. great. So now, now I'm back. You're back. I'm How back. exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Cool. Very well, good. we're excited to have you for the next four shows. So well, at least the weather's picked up. It was awful, wasn't it? I know. The whole time you were away, it's raining, but I don't want to give you the satisfaction <laughs> of telling you that. So you keep checking. <laughs> <laughs> Love a bit of schadenfreude. Now, right, let's get, get down to the uh, case in hand. Now, this week's show is going to be all about heritage. Oh. And we've got some experts in the studio today. We're going to be meeting Scott Goodfellow from Tiptree. 
and Neil Franklin from Brogdale Collections. Welcome, both of you. Good Hello. Thank God we've got somebody who knows what they're talking about. I know. <laughs> There's a lot of jam <laughs> and sauces and apple juice and all sorts of exciting looking things on the table in front of us here. So um, I'm going to start with Scott, if that's okay. Can you tell me a little bit about Tiptree? I mean, everyone obviously listening to this knows exactly who Tiptree are, but can you tell us yes. about Tiptree? Yeah, I'd love to tell you about Tiptree. So yeah, um, we've been making jam since uh, about 1885. Tiptree, which is a lovely little village in the heart of Essex. You don't look that old, actually. You know, doing well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not from Essex either. Ah. You may have noticed. But no, um, we've got a thousand acres of a fruit farm up at Tiptree and we grow strawberries and raspberries and blackberries and quince and medlar and plum and cherries and you name it and we grow the fruit. And we use the fruit to, to make all the jam. And we make quite a bit of marmalade with Seville oranges, honey, lemon curd, tomato ketchup and all sorts of other goodies. Anything um, that comes off your land. Absolutely. Yeah. But actually, um, Seville orange marmalade, for example, we have to get oh. the oranges in. But again, we work with a family we've known for about 100 years for the oranges there. So you might know us for that. We also have 10 tea rooms around Essex, quintessentially. Oh, yes. I have been to one of your tea rooms, actually. All right, I hope you had a good experience. With Holly Shackleton, Speciality Ooh. Magazine. Lovely. We decided to have a business meeting and we thought, what better than to have a green tree well, I hope before having chat. I hope the sun was shining. <laughs> it was that day, yeah. Good. We've got a secret garden now that we just uh, ah. introduced up at Tiptree, but I can't possibly tell you where it is. Ah, of course, course. it's a secret. Course, Absolutely. <laughs> but no, so we've got the 10 tea rooms and there's one in the depths of Southwold. We made a very dangerous move about three years ago uh, because all our tea rooms have be been within one hour of uh, the farm. And we decided to branch out and go... Well, what for us is almost international, going up to Southwold. So, and that's going very well. Good. Um, and we have two bakeries too. We have a Tiptree Patisserie where we make handmade cakes and scones and biscuits and all sorts. And Coles Puddings, which is a little bakery up near Cambridge. And they make nothing but Christmas puddings all year round. Oh, which wow. Is, which is great fun. <laughs> I don't think I could work. I'd just eat all day long. <laughs> well, you can tell by looking at me that I do exactly that. <laughs> yes. Now, your labels are very, very familiar. So in my head, you know, I can picture... Yep. Tri uh, really, really clearly. Um, but but it doesn't say tip tree, does it? On the, on the on ah. So so explain that. Cause That's a great question. And it's got a, it's really sort of it's got the what do you call it the royal warrant. Royal warrant. Is that yeah. from, that was from Queen Elizabeth II? Yes, yes, that's right. Charlie's not made up his mind what he's doing with that yet, is he? Yes, that's we're, we're waiting with bated yeah. breath to find <laughs> out. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, on the label front, well, first of all, on the tip tree front, the actual business, the family of businesses that we have. It's called Wilkin and Sons. Mm. So the Wilkin family started the business back in 1885. Arthur Charles Wilkin founded the business. Um, his great-grandson, Peter Wilkin, he's still on the board. He's a non-executive. And he was chairman for 30 years, in fact. But mm. he, he retired a couple of years back. Um, we've got Mr. Walter Scott is now the chairman. First non-family chair. Mm. So Walter Scott, that's a strong name. We call, him, name. We call him Sir. Do you? Yeah. Yes, you we always call him Sir. <laughs> yes. Um, he's, he's a good author too. But yeah, so the business is actually called Wilkin and Sons, but our most famous brand, if you like, is Tiptree. Tip when I travel, I go, I'm lucky enough to travel around the world, you know, on behalf of the business. And if I say, you know, hands up, who knows Tiptree, you'll see, you know, 40% of the audience put their hands up. Or who knows Wilkin and Sons, 40% put their hands up. And I bring a little jar out of my pocket. And say, who so knows this? Things. And like all Everybody the hands does. go yeah. up. Really, really, really so, and, yeah. and presumably then the late uh, Her Majesty had a, a few of those jars in her cupboard then. Couldn't possibly comment. But, but yes. No, I mean, we, we've had the Royal Warrant since 1911. So yeah. we had the Royal Warrant from George V. And we've had it continually since then. 
uh, we were lucky enough that the Queen came to see us um, back in 2010. It was our 125-year anniversary. Wow. And it was absolutely fabulous day. She came into the factory, wandered around the factory, speaking to the guys who were making the jam. Did you make her put one of those hairnets on? We didn't. We had a very special, <laughs> we had a very special <laughs> tour route. <laughs> yeah, and we had special um, compensation for the, about the half hour that she was around the factory. Mm. We kept in a very special place. But she had a great time. And she came to the tea room and all the staff came out, you know, oh, yeah, and she fantastic. spent a good half hour meeting all the staff in one of her tea rooms. So it was really a fantastic mm. day. Wow. But actually, the, you're right in that we are waiting with bated breath because on her passing, uh, if you have a royal warrant, you, you lose it. Yes. But you have That's two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, immediately. You lose it immediately. But you have two years grace in which you can continue to have the uh, the, sim, uh, the warrant the on your labels, on your packaging, on your you know, businesses. There's no concrete process as yet as no. to what's going to happen because it's been so long. I imagine it's happened before. Yes, not and so everyone's kind of scratching their heads and thinking, how? What, what's the process? How's it going to work? Yeah. Charles yes. has got a room somewhere in Buckingham Palace, presumably, full of products. He's got to go and taste. Well, I tell you, the Wednesday before the coronation, there was a garden party at Buckingham Palace and I was lucky enough to be invited to that and it, it was... I was being a bit boring because as the um, cream teas were coming out, I was watching them and saying to the person I was talking to, ooh, that's our blackcurrant jam. Ah. Yeah. It was always blackcurrant jam, actually, at the, at the Royal Garden Party. They didn't have those mini mini jars on there. No, no, they didn't have Rats. those. But they were, uh, they were using our, we do a mulberry, mulberry jelly, fantastic stuff. Ooh. And they were using mulberry jelly to make a mulberry bakewell tart. Ooh. And they were using our raspberry seedless to make Victoria sponge. I think it's looking so, good for you guys. Well, we think, fingers crossed. Okay. It, it's feeling positive, it's isn't it? It's too yeah. difficult to clear the cupboards out of Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I imagine. It's way too difficult. Yeah. So we've got some stuff um, in front to taste. Yeah. Can I ask a question of both you and Neil? Like, my strawberries are way behind this year. Is that, is, is that the same with everybody? Yep. Awful, awful spring. Yeah, we had yeah. a terrible spring for the strawberries. We've got some kind of quite modern, kind of almost greenhouses. And those, the strawberries that we grow in those facilities, the strawberries hang from the ceiling. Ah. And they're twice as uh, dense as the ones you'd find yeah. in outdoors. And they go up and down like the hanging gardens of Babylon. You press a button and half of them go up and you pick them. We started picking those about three weeks ago, which were quite early. But the general strawberries are very, very late. Really? So there was a lot of demand that we couldn't satisfy. I was worried because the flowers have only just come out. So We expect that in about um, two to three weeks' time, we'll probably see a lot of strawberries yeah. once the weather changes. Yeah. How was it for you, Neil? I just thought it was rubbish. Yeah, no, it, it, it's exactly the same on the, what we call the top fruit side. So I'm really speaking from a cherry... Uh, plum, apple, pear perspective. But yes, we've been asked that question a lot this season, um, as particularly why, why everything was so late in flowering. Mm. Um, and if you go back to last autumn, we had an incredibly mild autumn. Mm. So what happened is all the trees were very late in going into dormancy. They were late coming out of dormancy. And, and nature has a great habit of catching up. But unfortunately... We didn't have any warm weather. You did the right and thing the, the going. The nights ball. were really cold as well. Oh, they they, yeah. they were incredibly cold. Yeah. I mean, even last still, month. Still now, actually. Yeah. yeah. Even last month. Never talk to me about weather because I'm all no, a okay. nerd. But all right. We'll, we'll move <laughs> on. <laughs> yes. Quickly. Quickly. Yeah. Well, I think if we're going to start tasting, I'd quite like Neil to help us with the tasting. So, Neil, would you like to just introduce yourself and Brogdale Collection and just mm. tell us a bit about your expertise there? Yes. Yes, certainly. I'm actually a trustee and a guide there. But in terms of Brogdale, Brogdale Collections Trust. We are a charity. We're based on 150 acres near Faversham in Kent. We actually 
have the National Fruit Collection on site. And the National Fruit Collection actually dates right back to 1922 uh, when it first started at Wisley. And then it, uh, some would argue it doesn't actually start there. It could go back as far as 1823 when what was then the London Horticultural Society. Oh, wow. Later to, be, to become the Royal Horticultural Society. It's heritage this week. 200 years, yeah. It is. So it's very old. It's actually been at Brogdale since 1952. And the owners and the funders of Brogdale are actually DEFRA, Department of Environmental Farming Rural Affairs. Mm. Uh, but what we actually have there is unique. Several people have said that it's uh, the equivalent of the Victorian Albert Museum, but for fruit, in that we have 3,400 vari- or different varieties of what you've called tree fruits. So we have, uh, by far our largest collection is of apples, where we have 2,000 different varieties. But also we have obviously plums, pears, cherries, medlars, quints, so lots of different fruits. Wow. And, and you have to have two of each one, don't you? You do, you do. The reason lost the, or something. Exactly. The reason you have two is because you need one just in, in case one of the trees dies or trees can go what's called biennial sometimes. So well, one year you may not have a crop on one tree, but hopefully mm. you will with the other. Never. And do they need each other to pollinate sometimes? They do, yes, yes. I mean, pollination is, uh, you know, you could talk about this subject and I often do to when, when I'm for showing hours, people yeah. that for hours. I won't get too involved in it, but the answer is yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. I want somebody to talk to anyway. You don't want to be on your own. No, that's <laughs> no. true. You would. You want someone else that yeah. looks like you. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. So you've both mentioned it. I know we're going to have a taste in a minute. Uh, medlar, what an incredibly interesting fruit. Um, it is. Starting to hear more about it now, was it? You didn't used to hear it so long ago. Can no. you just describe what it's like now? I mean, uh, there is a description that some people use, which I'd rather you didn't use. Oh, right. But, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is it? I don't know. It looks <laughs> like I, a dog's. Bottom. Oh, gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Exactly. But, but it's, it's an interesting fruit. It, it's an interesting fruit for lots of reasons because it's a very old fruit. In fact, in Elizabethan times, because sugar was very, very rare it was used as a form of their daily intake or intake of sugar but the reason it's it's interesting is because you need to leave it on the tree till very late mm. you actually need to let it call what's called bletting and that means that it needs a frost on it and eating it's very interesting a lot of people don't like eating it i can honestly say i have tasted it ugly. in in december yeah so it's literally you can't eat it till december <laughs> but to say it's ugly at, at the calyx end which is the opposite to the stalk end, it is literally open. And yes, that's the very polite way of of describing it. Very nice, yeah. And also, Scott, just quickly, quince, another great old English fruit. Quince is amazing. But can I just say that I am absolutely amazed today because in 15 years at Tipsy, I've never heard anyone else talking about meddlers. Ah, and it's really? fabulous to hear Neil <laughs> talking about the story because we grow meddlers yeah. too and, it, and exactly the the same story. Um, quince, yeah. So we, I've actually brought some quince uh, with me today. You might want to Another try that great, later. Great, great. But it's lo- a lovely crop. It makes a lovely jelly um, mm. to go with cheese Membri- or ham. Membrio, oh, I love yeah. quince jelly. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Mm. We also do a quince conserve. Right? We do both the jelly and the conserve. It's interesting because sometimes you see quince trees, uh, um, you know, wild, and and people just walk past them. They have no clue that they contain this amazing fruit. So it doesn't look yeah. edible, does it? I think it's because you, you have to cook them, yeah, you know, yeah. because you can't just pick them. And we've got the orchards at Tipsy, but we also have you know quite a few quinces that have self-seeded. Um, wherever we've got a little stream uh, or a barn, as I would call it, you've got a lot of naturally growing quince, which is lovely. Mm. But but as I understand it, the word 
for quince in Portuguese is marmamelo, and that's actually where the word marmalade came from originally. Yeah. Ah, yep. okay. So, um, oh, is that true? Right. Yes. So, what are we going to taste then, now, Well, all this chat top? about quince has we made me want to start with the quince. Is it all right Jelly. to start with that one? Yeah, absolutely. Should we do that? Yeah, Hang on. Doing a good pop from that. Pop. So this is um, this is obviously. Wilkin and Son tip tree, quince jelly. Yeah, so that jelly will be made with fruit that we've grown on the farm. Mm. Okay. Wow. Obviously it's sweet because jams are sweet and jellies are sweet. We've, um, we've not had a great crop of quince this year. At, uh, well, it doesn't look as if we're going to have a great crop of quince at Brogdale this year. Neil, uh, have a taste of that and see what you It's a beautiful, it's so clear. tawny colour. Mm. It's so lovely and clear. Orangey, beautiful, beautiful. As colour. you hold it up to the light, there, it's mm. really glowing, lovely orange colour. Mm. I mean, how how do you describe the the taste of that? I always think quince is quite sweet mm-hmm. because it's naturally s- sweeter than some fruits. Um, it, it's gorgeous. That, that. look, that look, is really nice. You need to ask the taste expert. Yeah, what, what? it is lovely, isn't yeah, it? Really but the sweetness sort of comes in in a wave and disappears. There's almost yeah. a savoury nature there underneath. I think that's why it goes so. Well. I mean, I would eat quince with. Well, actually, I'd eat quince with cheese. Sort of the savoury nature, but what I like doing is mixing it in with apples. If you're making an apple pie, oh. then actually you know chop the apples up and mix it in with some quince or jelly. Almost like a glaze. Yeah, yeah, Marvelous. yeah. Oh, it's a, it's great as great a glaze. glaze. Yeah. Mm. Can I try lemon curd? Because when oh, I was yeah. a kid, I used to have lemon curd. Love like your favourite. Oh yeah, haven't had it for ages. Have you? Lemon curd. I mean, you can make oh, it. Yes. I just can't be bothered. We've the had a few on Great Taste recently that have, have been lovely, yeah. It's difficult on radio, but have a smell of this <laughs> before you. <laughs> yeah. So. That is one fruit we haven't got at Brogdale. Oh, actually, I'm, can I steal that and take it home? Oh, wow. Just so because it's rich. you, then. I'll, yes. <laughs> the, the aroma, just for people listening at home, is, is, I mean, there's lemon, but there's also a really rich, buttery, yeah. eggy that. nature to it. Yeah. Which We've got is that balance absolutely right. On. Creamy and rich and almost like you're eating a really lovely, rich lemon tart. That kind of, that buttery, pastry almost aroma comes from it. It's just lovely. They've really got that balance right, AJ. So every morning mm. when I arrive at, um, at work, I have a fabulous moment when I step out of the car in the car park and I get the aroma of whatever it is we're cooking oh, you know, that day. You've got a so horrible job, haven't you? It's fantastic. Well, <laughs> so if I come in and they're making lemon curd, I just step out of the car. You just get wafts of like buttery lemon. lemon notes yeah. as you're stepping through the door. It's fantastic. That's really good, isn't it? It's Neil? a tough Amazing. life for some, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Have you yeah. had some of that, Neil? I have. It's so really good. lovely, Rich. Yeah. That's absolutely beautiful. What else absolutely do you like the look of? Oh, I just I think the tawny orange marmalade mm. looks yeah. quite exciting to oh, me. I'm a big it's fan of marmalade. Oh, me too. Yeah. Young people need Ooh. to get on it. On marmalade. I just don't <laughs> I just think it's an old person thing and it is Do you? Well I think I mean but I think well, maybe it's because I'm old. But I think marmalade's superb. I do there's something very comforting about marmalade. Mm. So in that jar you'll see massive chips. I mean yeah. Look at this there's a Oh yeah. Really large, large chunk. thick cut chunks of peel that we put in our tawny marmalade. And that's proper marmalade. Yeah, that's that's like an inch <laughs> long and about, mm. yeah. you know, half an inch wide. So this, big is, chunk. this has been cooked. What we do to make tawny marmalade, right? We, we get the oranges from Seville. We put them in a bath for about four hours and simmer them so they're super soft. Add the sugar to make the marmalade. And then we keep it in pails overnight. And the next morning, we'll cook it again. So wow. the actual, the mix gets cooked mm. twice and that's why it's so dark, really caramelised and really dark. Cooked. It's yeah. lovely, but it's not too sweet. It's sweet oh, no. initially, but actually the 
the kind of sensation you're left with is very citrusy. Oh, I've very still long. It. Still got it, haven't you? Yeah, lovely orange aroma that's you're left with for ages mm. afterwards. That is gorgeous. This oh, is the one that I people... might steal that instead. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that if you really like marmalade, you'll you'll love Love Tony that. because it's very bitter. It's yeah, it's not too mm. bitter. It's just um, for me again. Yeah. it's just right naturally. Okay. Don't you think? I think you're right that it is on the more bitter end of the marmalade kind of scale. Just if there were one, <laughs> just wake you up a bit. Yeah. I love it though. No, that, that is that's oh, my sort it. of marmalade. I actually buy that and also your three fruits marmalade. Three fruits. Yeah, yeah. the three fruits yeah. is yeah. my favourite. Well, we do. At last last time I counted, we do seventeen different marmalades. That's amazing. <laughs> and where do your oranges come from? Seville. All the oranges all Seville. come from Seville. Yeah, yeah there's a, there's a, a family business there in Bordas, and we go and see them every year. They've got again. If you get they're in Seville, what a fabulous little fabulous city. And the, it's the, a great place. The orchards around there with the pigs in the orchards eating the dropped fruit. It's just a fabulous yeah. place to visit. On on that basis, can we taste your marmalade? Vodka? Oh, you wanted to try the liqueur? Yeah. I thought you'd given up drinking. <laughs> Only on a Monday and a Tuesday. Only on a Monday and a Tuesday. <laughs> do, do you want to try this now? Yes, please. Yes, certainly. We're, we're slightly running out of time, AJ. I know. I've, I've just noticed that. We've got that. fruit juice to taste yet. So this is our Tony marmalade and vodka liqueur. So we have uh, English vodka made just up the road from us at Tiptree. Love and it. we rest rest the, well, the tawny marmalade in the vodka. Actually, I need to try some myself. Fascinating. I thought you were going to miss me out there. I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> Thank you. It tastes a bit like Christmas to me. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It does taste exactly like marmalade, but with a, a good kick. I mean, this is marmalade on a hangover, maybe. Nice. Mm. nice. So I'd like to add so this is vodka liqueur. You should just um, have that on its own. Oh, over ice. Yeah. Very nice over ice. Or add Shouldn't some add lim lemonade to it and some orange juice for a kind of citrusy, more citrusy no. summer note. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's nice, don't you? Yeah. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. Oh. And tastes very like the marmalade, considering we've just tried the two yeah. side yeah. by side. I was expecting them to maybe jar, but actually incredibly complimentary. Very complimentary. They are, yes, yeah. What, what else you got there? Um, what else you got? What I, do you think? I would Something that Neil would I, be able to tell us well, about. Well, damson. So we've got damson. damson. A bit of a damson. damson. Again, oh, yes. we have damson trees on the farm. So, And we, we make damson jam, which is fantastic. The skin in the damson jam is what makes it, I would say. Some, yeah. some, peop, some people like damson stoneless, which has no skin in it. It's where I the colour comes skin. from, isn't it? Exactly. From the skin. So, so, so when you make these, are you using specific varieties? Yes. Or you are? Yes. The, the, it's the varieties that we have. That's classic. That is a classic. Yeah. On the farm. And is again... That, is that gin or vodka? This one's gin. Gin, yeah. yeah. Gin liqueur. Gin. So we've got a, a friend, some friends of ours called uh, Heyman's. They make the gin. And we set, tend them our damsons. And Ooh. they rest the damsons it's in the seep, gin. Seep, yeah. Makes a gin liqueur. Yes, exactly. You do it in ho at home, you know, mm. over winter. There's so many awful... Damson gins on the market, and the reason for that is they just add damson flavouring. So, mm. really good stuff like this is where the where the fruit uh, actually. I would use this in cooking. In this is just. Lovely. I would drink it neat, <laughs> but I would drink it neat as <laughs> yeah. well. But I mean, I would add yes. it to things to lift them in cooking yeah. as well as as well as drinking it over. It's got a kind of earthy Neil, note what to do you it. Reckon? That is very it's nice. Gorgeous, I was going to. Is that Farley Damson, or do you know which Damson you use? I couldn't honestly tell no, which no, kind it is. No. It's Tiptree growing. No, it's it's that most probably is, yeah. Absolutely lovely. Can we try some of your juices, Neil? Certainly, yes, yes. So, so, Neil, let's just explain a little bit about Brogdale. You know, it is an amazing visitor attraction. Yes. Definitely take the kids. It's extraordinary. You've got fantastic volunteers who know so much about 
apple varieties and pears and, and they just are bursting with passion uh, absolutely uh, and they're very absolutely. happy to show you around talk yes. to, and it is fascinating isn't it yes it is it is i mean part of our remit in conjunction with the university of reading who are the curators of the of the collection is to actually uh, provide access and education of, of the national fruit collection and it really is you can come and visit the orchards a guided tour, and I, I think the thing about guided tours, depending upon when which fruits are in season, you can experience something that, that we've lost really with fruit in that you can experience what I call seasonal tastes. So for instance, with apples, you're, if you're there in the summer, you'll get the summer tastes, which are really crisp, crunchy, and the apples alone are really nice bright red saying, come mm. and pick me. Then we move obviously in. you got the blossom before then as well. Yes. Beautiful. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, you can come. Especially with the you, cherries. Yes. Uh, the, uh, yeah. The, the, you can visit 365 days a year. The tours are only available in between April and October. But yes, obviously blossom time and when the fruits in season are, are our main time for visitors. But there's equally a lot to do throughout the season. What's been a great success has been visits from school children, particularly Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2, where it's part of the national curriculum. So they'll come and spend a day on the farm. Yeah, I think it's the, what, as I say, what we've lost is the seasonal uh, taste uh, and also the differential in flavours that you can have. Uh, you know, eat an apple at Christmas in the new year, the flavours have matured and it's an absolute, absolute, totally different to the, yeah. the flavours you experience in, and, in and summer. And again, you go to supermarket, don't you, AJ? There's blooming three varieties. Mm. Yeah. Two of which are from France, probably. Yeah, exactly. And well, you're thinking... The main, the main one's Braeburn, Gala and Jazz, which is a cross of Braeburn and Gala yeah. and Pink Lady. I was told the other day, apparently they count for about 50% of supermarket sales now. Oh, for goodness um, sake. Just Ridiculous. Really crossed it. But really important to go and have a look around and help. By just by doing that, you're going to help with the with the, with the conservation work. Just yes. off the M2, really easy to get to. Yes. Um, so anyone can book in, can they? Or, or they can. You, you, you can, just you, turn up. You, Loads you, of events going on. You as can well, book. Okay. You can book in. You can go online and book in. You can you can turn up. Um, and particularly because we are a charity, our events are incredibly important to to raising finances, mm. particularly for the heritage orchards, which we have to finance ourselves. And we have uh, shortly uh, coming up a, a cherry trail and pick your own. That's being held on the eighth, ninth of July, twenty second, twenty third of July. So anyone in the Kent area, anyone on holiday, well, please yeah. come and visit us. Kentish please. cherries are uh, the best, aren't they? Are, they? I they mean, are sweet. Them. We've got the right Amazing. soils, the right climate. I've just tasted the right everything. this apple juice. The Blenheim orange apple Blenheim juice. Blenheim orange. <gasps> and that's that a heritage nice. variety, that is, isn't it? All, all, all the varieties are sold through the Tiddly Plum shop which is at Brogdale. I've been um, to that shop. It's absolutely brilliant. It you is, can get it so is. much in there. You and they're all single variety as well, so you yes. actually get to really taste them. Mm. You can go online. And the beauty of, of those is that they're actually picked, I would estimate, about 600 metres away from where they're pressed. Mm. Pressed, they're, they're taking about 200 metres to, to where, where it's sold. And, you, and that's available there at farmers' markets. Great, great variation. I've brought them a few today, but there are more. Unbelievably, we are out of time now. But what we'll do is make sure we've got lots of links on our website and we'll feature Brogdale as one of our food heroes and tip tree. So anyone going onto our website, get all the links back to you guys so people can find out all the information to come and visit your tea rooms or come on one of your events or something like that. Yes, yeah. It's important that Please we do keep come. these, you know, really support these ventures, don't you think? Yeah, the absolutely. Heritage. I think the heritage and the fruit variety, you've got to keep them going, keep supporting and looking after and helping you guys to fundraise. <laughs> to provide a variation in taste. You've yeah. spilled vodka all taste. over your notes. I know. <laughs> it's going to smell like vodka in the studio for as the rest of the As day. usual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's 10 o'clock Monday. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming in, guys. 
Uh, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show, which is syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Audible, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcasting app on your phone. We're also on podcast radio. Thank you to my fellow host, Susie Warren-Smith. And thank you to the fabulous Scott Goodfellow from Tiptree and Neil Franklin from Brogdale Collections. Thank you all for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, let's have some more vodka. I think that sounds brilliant. Uh, We'll be featuring everyone on the website, as I said. And if you want to syndicate our programme, please feel free to get in touch. Um, If you want to see any more of our shows, please go to foodtalk.co.uk. Otherwise, have a great week. Can I taste that tomato ketchup as well? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes.